Hey everybody, welcome to Licked and Loaded. I'm Laura Desiree and in the hot seat today, she's a sensational adult content creator and also a very well-versed tech guru. So listen up, there's gonna be lots to learn in today's discussion. Please put those hands together for the one and only Julia Epiphany. incredible special guest on Licked and Loaded today. The absolutely stunning, drop-dead, gorgeous, creative, talented as all hell adult content creator, Julia Epiphany. Hello. Hi. How's it going? Oh, it's going wonderful. How are you? My gosh, very well, thank you. What an introduction, Laura. I, I mean, you are also an incredibly uh, talented, uh, entrepreneurial person. Uh, a professional, forward-thinking, uh, you know, amazing hostess, and it, it's an honor to be on your show. Thank you so much for inviting me. I really appreciate it. Matt, you sound like a Canadian right now with all of this love and gratitude. Like you're speaking like you're you're one of my Canadian friends. I love this. Uh, I mean, I spent my my entire life, with the exception of some vacation time overseas and you know in the Caribbean and whatnot, uh, growing up in Montreal. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, yeah. I've only ever lived in Montreal my whole life. Yeah. Again, with the exception of like some very short stays in places like Toronto for a few months. Mm. And I don't know, like, uh, I think the longest I spent in Spain was like a month and a half, maybe. Mm. Uh, I have family there. But uh, otherwise, I really I, I consider myself a Canadian, uh, you know, even though I have dual citizenship um, uh, with Spain. And, um, you know, I, I really I think Canada is a really amazing country. And I'm really happy to be uh, part of, uh, you know, our, our national identity. Yeah, no kidding. No yeah. kidding. It's 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 a beautiful place with beautiful people. And it's really it's it's the heart of Canada that just gets me so warm and tingly. It's like, my goodness, are we kind to each other when, you know, when the opportunity strikes. That is a beautiful little detail. I'm also a dual citizen. So I live on both sides, you know, right. I go back and forth. I remember reading that. And it's really tough. But, you know, different countries definitely have different identities. And the Canadian identity, I, I find, is like a really sort of like uh, do the right thing, yeah. you know, a stand up sort of, and not, and not to shade any other, it's just, you know, the way you characterize that, you know, different countries believe in different things, you know, in Costa Rica, it's like, you know, pura vida, you know, that's their thing, you know, and it's such a, it's such a wholesome way of looking at life too, you know, anyway. But, uh, Beautiful, yeah. it is. And the ultimate thrill here today is that you and I have really, we've just hung out inside of Cam 4's happy hour in the past. You know, our, our relationship has existed in the crazy bonkers realm of Cam 4's happy hour, which is, you know, a high octane game show. And how lovely is it to get this chance to talk with you in this setting? Absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> really great. Because there's just so much, there's so much energy, high octane. You said it, you know, it's just everything is so pumped, everything is so just like live, like let's do this, and it's just such a, it's a different vibe. And I, yeah. I really 
his one-on-one -on -one thing. It really uh, it gives us a chance to sort of like settle things down. And exactly. Another, and I, I really appreciate that. It's a good balance. It's a, yes, it's yes, balance. and and it'll it'll bring us closer, which excites me to the core. So for all of our listeners and all of our viewers that are saying, "Gee, who is this wonderful person in front of me right now?" Can you give us an introduction as to exactly who Julia Epiphany is and what you do, how you occupy the adult realm? Okay, that okay. So the the easiest way to describe who I am is I am a porn star entrepreneur. So what is a porn star entrepreneur? Aren't all porn stars entrepreneurs? Yes, to a certain degree, we all are. You know, it really is sort of like paving the future, you know, exploring in spaces that other uh, performers haven't explored, you know, and, you know, just trying to find our own niche. So in that sense, yeah, we are all entrepreneurs. But I, I try to emphasize the entrepreneurial side of things because I, you know, I entered the uh, adult industry a little later, uh, maybe than a lot of other performers. Um, professionally, I, uh, my first photo shoot uh, was released in February, 2019. And at the time I was 43, I hope I calculated those eight. That, right? <laughs> um, and which is, I think a little unusual. And um, so prior to becoming a porn star, uh, and for me, you know, the release, the release rather of a professional photo shoot really is sort of like uh, one of the big sort of, you know, milestones mm. becoming a professional, you know, erotic entertainer porn star. Yeah. Um, prior to that, I had worked, uh, and I still do, in information technology, and I have uh, other interests in fields that are sort of complementary to erotica in, in the in the uh, in the technological sense. So I'm I'm trying to sort of like uh, uh, do homage or pay homage. I'm not sure the right the way to say pay that. Homage. Pay homage to uh, my career prior to becoming a porn star and be like, look, you know, you can be uh, a porn star that specializes in a particular field. You know, you could be like a fashion porn star. You know, I, I am, I don't really know a heck of a lot about fashion. I, I totally admit that. I'm not embarrassed to say it. You know, it's a whole industry, very, very complicated, very interwoven. Um, and it spans, you know, hundreds of years, thousands of years. Uh, the same thing could be said about technology. You know, technology is very, very intricate, very, very interwoven, and it, they all complement, they all feed into each other, you know, technology and fashion and porn, erotica, all that stuff is a part of this big sort of like, you know, I don't know. Culture. Culture. Yeah, culture, exactly. And so I, that's why I kind of, you know, I am a porn star, but I have a lot of other interests that I really don't want people to think I've forgotten about. Right. So I've sort of like, I guess you could put like an asterisk at the end, but then people are like, well, what the heck's the asterisk? You know, what does that mean? <laughs> you know? And so I, in a way, I'm trying to encourage others to sort of, you know, think outside the box. Yes, porn star is a very, it, there's nothing wrong with only being a porn star and fo focusing only on that. But, you know, if, if you want to sort of like uh, 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 have like a, a vision of, um, you know, the future of porn, uh, that and, and do things that are not necessarily directly like orifice related. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, how would you describe that? You know, is that something that you aspire to? I and mean, it's okay if you don't, uh, but I do. You know, I, I have sort of like, I, I would like to be able to like, you know, uh, research different types of materials for toys. Wow. Uh, whether it's more hygienic. Yeah. Uh, or different kinds of loops that right. are, like, you know, allergenic, for instance. You know, you know, people have to research that. 
Absolutely. And, and those are very essential jobs that, yeah. that, that evolve the industry and involve, evolve pleasure, I want to say. Exactly. Right. So there, there is work that needs to be done within there, but you create content. Let's just, let's, let's iron out all these details. You create content, you create uh, pornographic content. You also cam yep. and you also have a hand in this tech game as well. Yeah. Yep. Yes. All That's that. a lot. <laughs> There's a lot, a lot. Yes. It's a lot to juggle. Uh, How do you balance this schedule? It's, it's tough. It's tough. I would say uh, my advice to those who uh, find my work inspiring and that feel that they would also that, you know, they think that that would call to them also is just to sort of like find patterns that match up. Mm-hmm. So there are some things that are uh, as much uh, an importance to the, excuse me, to me, to the tech industry as they are to uh, the porn industry. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're talking about, let's say video. Okay. So video formats, video storage, that kind of stuff. I mean, there are some really important details. Uh, let's say, let's say you work, uh, I don't know, in like, uh, uh, gosh, uh, uh, music video making. Okay. So like the style of a music video, it is video, but the style will be different than that of like a porn shoot, for instance. Completely. Yes. Right. But ultimately you're both, both industries are working with things like codecs, uh, you know, bitrate, streaming, yeah. uh, content distribution deals. Uh, there's a lot of stuff there that, you know, the language maps maps over. Well, yeah, and, 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 and porn in particular, or adult content, I should say, with so many of these creators taking it into their own hands, you do need to have some kind of an education or, or understanding of these elements of getting your content out there yes. at its best possible quality. Yes. And by education, I would just like to, you know, emphasize that, you know, being self-taught, which I am, mm-hmm. autodidact, um, is a, a very important, I hope I said that right, is a very important uh, uh, sort of uh, option that people often disregard. Yeah. Like, well, you know, I don't have two PhDs, uh, you know, I'm, I'll, I, how could I possibly compete uh, with all of the, like, you, you, the Industry is an enormous sort of like uh, uh, scope of work. Mm. You have to be the absolute tip top pinpoint edge of any particular field in order to eke out a living. Right. I mean, it's kind of ironic because, you know, recently in my personal life, I've had to deal with like housing issues uh, related to all kinds of issues that, you know, probably, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know how how on topic it would be for this uh, podcast. But, you know, as far as the, my own personal present living uh, uh, circumstances is, is, is a bad example uh, because the, the, the advice basically is, you know, in order to manage your professional portfolio, um, you, one way or the other, regardless of how it is you get that knowledge you need to build up knowledge either mm-hmm. on your own or through going to school or through focus groups or all kinds of different ways. And then you need to use that um, knowledge to make critical decisions. Yes. And the, the only person that can make those decisions is you. Like you don't, nobody else can tell you what's important to you in your life. So somewhere along the line, you're going to have to sort of like layer in all of that information that you've gathered over years and years or however long you, you know, you've been making decisions for yourself as an adult, um, 
and and you know figure out where you want to go with that you know what are, what are you going to do what what you have you have any any moment in your life you can seize that and make that decision for yourself that's another moral to this story here is that a lot of folk would say you know what i i hit 40 and i think i have to accept what life has handed to me i think that's it's a very um it's a defeatist attitude yeah you know it's like i it, again, it, you know, it plays into like in the porn industry, they have this like sort of like MILF. Yeah. Term. And I get that. I can understand sort of if some performers are sort of, they don't necessarily want to be at the front front of the line anymore. They'd like to take a, a few steps back. You know, porn is, is a very demanding business. Uh, a lot of people, you know, don't see it that way, but we're all, we all really have to be quite athletic mm-hmm. in, order, in order to, you know, it's, it's hard, very hard on the body. And if people sort of like want to sort of like tone things down a little, like I can understand sort of using the MILF term as like, like, okay, well, you know, I've had a really great career and now I kind of like want to, but you know, I'm 40, I started at 43 and I am trans. Um, but you know, I don't go around saying to everybody I'm trans. I consider, you know, myself just a, a female performer in the industry. It's very political. You have, you know, female, male, trans, every other last variety. Um, but you know, it's technically, I, I, in some ways, I would qualify for the MILF category, mm-hmm. right? I'm 43, I'm 45 now. Honey, 25 year olds ca- ca- will fit the category of MILF. Right. That's, the, that's the ridiculous thing, even right. though, you know, I, I don't think MILF needs to be the sign of a woman who's on her way out of those years of being exactly. sexually viable, se- uh, you know, sexually excitable. That's ridiculous to me. Exactly. I agree, I agree. And I, you know, it's, it's sort of, again, the politics or the optics of what MILF is really supposed to, what its presence in, in the industry is, you know, it's debatable, but I don't think that at least for the foreseeable future, I should ever describe myself as MILF because I, I really, I don't feel, I, I don't feel I fit that category, mm-hmm. you know, and that's not because I'm not cis uh, gendered. It's just that, you know, I'm, you know, I don't feel like, I feel like I, I, I can perform as well now as I could in my 20s. Well, that's just it. And I, I don't think MILF needs to be a stamp of, oh, you can't really rev up as much as the younger gals can. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I have seen hardcore MILF shit. I have seen, you know, MILFs more acrobatic than the young dude they're fucking. Exactly. Like, you know? I know, I know. So, I mean, that's my perspective as far as, you know, having aspirations at various stages in your life. You know, Absolutely. When I started porn, I was like, well, you know, I mean, strictly speaking, when you shoot a, a porn shoot, as you know, uh, mm-hmm. anything can happen that could prevent the shoot from actually going, from being le- released. So you could shoot it, but until it's released, it's not, you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. When I did my first shoot. I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't know what to look for. I didn't know what to like, uh, you know, how to really what, I, I, I went in blind. I yeah. was just, let's see what happens. Nothing can prepare you for a professional shoot. She's just like, eh. Go for it. Um, so you know the success of that was really tremendous, and I'm 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 really happy that it went as well as it did, and that I followed up with several shoots after that. But like, how can you you know expect anybody to say, okay, well, this is you know the one shot deal, uh, and that by the end of this, uh, there's nothing like that. That conversation will never happen. Like nobody's going to shoot if you say that, right? You know, and 
So like you're you you're aiming for sort of like this future that you don't really know how far how how deep or how long it will go. Right. Well, I mean, let's be honest. So much of it is based on the response you're going to get from your viewers, from the people that you know decide the trends and and move the content forward in one direction or the other. But that's the risk you take as a performer. That's the risk you take. You know, it's silly to say it's tied into your age because you know, okay, age is just a number. I get it. Like you have to sort of you know, there some people you know uh, you know they in their careers, they have ideas as to when they want to settle down. Sometimes 50 is a mark, you know, sometimes it's earlier, sometimes it's later, but don't think of it that way. If you think of it like, oh, well, the 50, the big five O's around the corner, I'm going to have to start hanging up, you know, the bra or whatever. It's yeah. just, it's a, it's a, it's, 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 it's a, you know, very limiting, should, very limiting. And we, as a society, we should, we should be encouraging each other to sort of like lift each other up really. Yeah. The thing is, if at any point in your life, you can seize the life you want, that's what we should be celebrating. Right. So what it didn't happen at, you know, 18. So what it, it happened after you lived life going in one direction. I mean, I would say the point of life is to ultimately live one that you're happiest with. So what do you need to do to attain that? Right? That's exactly. I mean, that's that's the quintessential question. That's what yes. we all are challenged throughout our lives to 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 ask. And it'll be different for every person. And that's the adventure. I feel like I kind of I, I, I'm I'm more inspired these days to do a podcast. I'm sure there's a podcast that's out there that's about what's your meaning of life definition, but I find myself going to this question with all of my guests because in one way or another, because it's fascinating. I mean, your life philosophy, your personal life philosophy, all of them are valuable to hear. So I always love hearing that. Thank you. I, I agree with you. And I, yeah. I'm flattered that I, I fit that sort of, uh, sort of general category. I mean, I don't know. I, I also talk a lot. <laughs> No, it's inspiring and you should know that and be celebrated for it as often as possible. So there's a big round of applause happening here. <laughs> and for, for all of the, the viewers and listeners that are saying, I need to know what the content is like. Let's talk to the artist of Julia Epiphany. I want to know what the content looks like, feels like, what can viewers expect when they search or attain any of your content? Okay. So I, you know, it, it should go without saying that I'm a very niche performer. Mm -hmm. um, you know, just being trans already uh, is sort of pushing the envelope. Um, but you know, I, uh, you know, I have uh, I have tattoos, I have pierces. There's a lot of things to sort of like set me apart as far as you know the uniqueness mm -hmm. of my brand, I guess you could say. Um, and I really, I uh, professionally speaking, as far as a performer goes. I, you know, I, I describe myself as a switch, mm -hmm. versatile, and uh, I, I, I really, I try to impress upon people that I have a, a, a quite a, a wide range, interesting choice of words, <laughs> a wide range of sort of uh, uh, passions, uh, sexually speaking. So I don't necessarily look for one particular type of kink. Mm -hmm. I like working or getting to know whichever other performers uh, would be interested in shooting with me and finding something that would work for the both of us. Yeah. So, you know, I, I really like large insertions for myself, for instance, but I also like, uh, you know, I consider myself a foodie. I really, I really enjoy food uh, and kinds of, you know, and uh, I mean, 
I say that sort of uh, hesitantly because there are some things you could do with food that, you know, get totally, totally crazy. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not saying like, you know, uh, you know, a whole bathtub full of like uh, uh, milk or, although that could be fun. I, I'm not saying that, you know, the extremity for the point of extremity, uh, I'm just saying that there's, there is a whole sort of like range of things, including uh, food, which is very erotic, uh, that I would be, you know, uh, ready to, to work with, to consider, yeah. you know, that there's something to be said about just like a really, uh, you know, uh, a very erotic, very sort of uh, passionate scene uh, that happens, let's say at a restaurant. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah right? You know, oh, a glass of wine or something, some sort of, I don't know, dish of some kind, uh, you know, the setting is just set right, the lighting is just, is perfect, sort of, and then you have, you know, two per- people, performers, whomever, uh, enjoying a meal together, and, you know, let your imagination uh, run wild, and, yeah. I, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean sort of like, uh, a, you know, an orgy of like 50 people, you know, it could be very intimate and, and very erotic. And that's I, just- I just, I love, I love how boundless and truly transformative it sounds like your arousal can be. And I want to ask you about this because uh, I was reading a book recently about, um, you know, sexual kinks, desires, deviancies, where some of this uh, enters our identity and how it becomes our sexual identity. And this book argued that men in particular are born to have a more definitive fetish or kink, uh, a more specific um, source of arousal, say a foot fetish. You're a foot fetish person, you're a foot fetish person, whereas women have more of this plastic approach. Our arousal can be conjured from all kinds of different uh, stimuli. And it sounds like you're, you're someone who can receive pleasure from all or kink from all kinds of stimuli out there. So would you agree with that argument or where, where's the truth lie? That is, that is a really a, an interesting discussion. Yeah. Um, gosh, you know, suddenly if you asking me that question like that point blank, uh, would I want to just sort of lump all men into sort of like the more yeah. like single-minded or, or, or women into like, you know, the sort of like the, the very flexible, gosh, uh, drawing from my own personal experience. Yeah, I could, I could see how that would be um, a very, very, at least a Western mm-hmm. world. Cause I'm not familiar with how things work, you know, in Asia, for instance, I've never been yeah. there or visited. So I, I wouldn't have any firsthand impression to draw from uh, or Oceania. Um, but if from a, a Western world perspective, yeah, I would, I would say that that's a pretty, it's very generalized, but yeah, sure. I could work with that. I could work with that as a, as a going sort of a very loose description of, of the differences between men and women as yeah. far as yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I, just, I thought it was uh, a, a strange and fascinating observation to lead with in this book. And, uh, and I'm, I'm trying to explore it in conversation with people more, people who are comfortable talking about uh, where their arousal stems from. And I love how proud you live your sexual life. Like that is, there's a, such a freedom to that. I think that it's so valuable for people to explore that for themselves. And you're doing it through your art as well. Like you're sharing this journey with people. Yeah, and that's that's the point. That that yeah. is precisely it. I I want to, you know, share, you know, the journey of my life through erotica 
and before erotica, you know, I was also known in the technical community and I established, you know, a pretty good uh, reputation as being, you know, very hardworking. Yeah. You know, obviously this, I've never been a public figure before, at least I've never been as well known. Yeah. But yeah, definitely. And I, I, I really love to be able to sort of uh, share the freedom that we are afforded uh, you know, in the Western world, uh, especially with regards to things like erotica. And I, I find it so important that we should, we should really sort of like cherish it. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, pe some people may at the very most fill a diary with some of these confessions of what's bringing them pleasure, but to explore it in such a public facing medium. I mean, earlier you said, uh, I like to ask or inquire with the person I'm shooting with what kinks or, you know, desires they may have. Like, what a beautiful, uh, I guess, uh, experiment to bring to to this medium. The idea. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, and also, you know, there are things like social media that factor into it. You know, social media didn't exist. I mean, you know, when the internet first started up mm. and we're, we are um, rich with uh, different ways to uh, express ourselves, to share our lives uh, with the public. Um, and, you know, social media certainly has uh, helped to, uh, uh, build a, a, like construct a, a platform for that mm -hmm. and I, I think that you know it we lament the loss of our private lives uh, but the upshot is that uh, you can take advantage <clears throat> of the fact that everybody's uh, lives are, are very very public now and you know I, I personally uh, I don't want to look at or see social media as a uh, as an impediment to that, mm. uh, but rather uh, to leverage social media and say like, okay, well, I mean, in the Western world, uh, we all have sex lives, and for the most part, we're encouraged to embrace that, uh, and so let's not let's not lose it. Let's, yeah. let's you know, like. I mean, eventually, you know, there's all this talk about, you know, I, I won't name names in social media, but, you know, sort of the terms of service clamping down. Right. But like it, it, it it's, it, it will eventually taper out. Like they, it won't get to the public, will not uh, uh, tolerate uh, such a co complete uh, uh, sort of uh, clamp down on uh, erotica to the point where, we're, we're unable to sort of like wear a bikini. No, th this is this is the the incredible uh, frustration right now when it comes to sharing content on these platforms. And I have been yelling about this for quite some time. There is absolutely no specifics stated in community guidelines, regardless of what the platform is around things like erotic content or potentially a little undressed content and not specifying it to the nth degree is what keeps, you know, the, the creators and the platform in the power position to say, you know what, I'm shutting down your account or I'm shutting down, I'm gonna develop a software that identifies all photos that show too much skin and all of those accounts are gonna be out. Like, it's, yeah. it's, I would love to have a concise guideline. Yeah, and I think that, you know, it's in countries, uh, where they're more concerned about sort of uh, human rights uh, locally. Uh, again, I you know it's it's a delicate topic. I don't want to mm -hmm. fingers per se, 
but some countries, you know, they have like anti-discrimination laws right. that are built into like the, the country's constitution. Yeah. And in other countries that, you know, people can discriminate against each other left and right. And you got, you don't have a leg to stand on. Right. So, you know, there are, it's not like, I mean, social media right now is, it's very, um, uh, it, 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 a lot of the big players are centered in, uh, you know, uh, specific uh, economies, I'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. And uh, they sort of, there is that uh, uh, unfortunate uh, sort of tendency for those companies to abuse their, uh, their control uh, or sort of, you know, there are a lot of performers who show way more than just sort of like a bikini pic. Yeah. And they're totally fine. They're, they can, because, you know, nobody flags them because they're not controversial or they, you know, they're like, oh, well, this person gets a pass because nobody has reported their account. Mm-hmm. You don't get a pass because, you know, 50,000 people have reported this one pick. And even though this one pick is just you in a bikini, yeah. uh, unfortunately, the 50,000 people that have reported you, well, you know, this is a democracy and, you know, we're going to have to listen to those 50,000 people, even though there's actually nothing wrong with the pick. Which is like the logic of that is like ridiculous, which essentially tra- translates to discrimination. Right. So, you know, we're getting a complaint, even though we don't think it's it, it's, it's problematic. You know, because of all these complaints, well, unfortunately, we're forced to discriminate against you, which is just like really stupid logic, as far as I'm concerned. Well, yeah, but it's dangerous. It's dangerous because you get dangerous. these these pile-ons. Yes. These 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 like a. Uh, uh, these uh, total pylons where you can cancel and begin to attempt to eliminate an aspect of culture if enough people are on board with it. This is why, you know, things like persuasive media or opinion pieces can, you know, have a major consequence. Yeah, exactly. I yeah. agree. And I, I really, it's, uh, it's unfortunate that the, the terms of service are, is the sort of, uh, it's, it's two things, pardon me. It's terms of service, and lack of customer service. Mm-hmm. So the big social media companies, you know, the way they sort of like, I'll say navigate mm-hmm. uh, being social media companies is that they essentially sort of, they don't allow people to have human interaction with any of their staff. Right. Oh, sorry, this is all off limits. Uh, you can leave the suggestion in the mm-hmm. suggestion box. We'll get to it eventually. And of course, that it's just basically a shredder. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah. Uh, but then you have other uh, social media companies who are actually trying to behave as like proper social media companies, and they do have uh, human uh, people that are responding and that are presumably uh, in a position to make informed decisions. Right. And those are the companies that we should uh, encourage and that we should work with. You know, the model, the the the, the model where you know subs- uh, security by obscurity, uh, which is uh, a, a, a sort of a very well-known uh, model in, in the information technology world where essentially, but without uh, the, you defend a company or, or uh, an intellectual property, um, essentially by sort of like not documenting it or <clears throat> by making it as difficult or as terse to get through as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. So you obscure the, the true meaning of what it is that you're writing about as a way of defending your, okay, break your, break that down for listeners again, because okay. the, the info world might be very comfortable with this, but it sounds like you're lifting the curtain to reveal some of you know the Wizard of Oz here, and I need I need you to make it idiot proof. <laughs> okay. So the basic 
the basic sort of uh, the, the premise is this. So let's say you're writing a program, okay? And uh, it, when you write a program, I'm not gonna get into all the equations, uh, but you have things like uh, that are called variables and a variable has a name and then you give that uh, variable a value. So mm -hmm. like, let's say uh, variable X, Y, Z uh, equals one, two, three. Mm -hmm. So when you're writing the program, you say, okay, every time I use the variable X, Y, Z, that, that number equals one, two, three or 57,226, whatever. Sure. It's irrelevant. So the security by obscurity doctrine, that the idea behind that is the variable name, you can call that anything you want, right? So you can say this variable name to be used in the program, equals uh -huh. one, two, three, as opposed to X, Y, Z. So if it's X, Y, Z, it's like, hmm, somebody gets a hold of this document or this code, they're not gonna know what X, Y, Z is. No. They're just gonna see it as just some random value and be like, okay, well, I don't know what that does, but if you name the variable, this variable will be used blah, blah, blah as the name, then anybody reading that will be like, oh, I know what that does. So they can audit the code, they can check it out, they can follow it, blah, blah, blah. And it takes you know, someone who really, really knows what they're doing, someone who's had experience in information technology to be able to sort of like dissect the code that has deliberately been made difficult to read as a way of securing the code. So like, yeah, so I mean, it's one technique, um, but the terms of service approach is it uses a, a, a very similar technique where it's, they, they basically sort of like make it as terse and as unintelligible as they possibly can as a way of avoiding questions. Hmm. So they're like, okay, let's word this mm -hmm. as roundabout in as weird a language as we possibly can. And hopefully nobody will ask any specific yeah. question about it that's it's another way of defending the company's actions so it's just yeah. like you know and it's it's um that's like pro jargon right there like that's yeah. I, I mean it sometimes it's not as clean cut sometimes some terms of service do actually are kind of complicated depending on the service but in other cases the terms of service doesn't need to be complicated at all and yet they have all these sort of like weirdo stipulations and strange wording and you're like whoa like why did you word it like that? Like, it's clearly people just threw this together, slapdash, just to have something out there so the lawyers could say, yeah, we, you know, we've got that scenario covered. covered. Yeah. If you'd taken time to word this out properly, you wouldn't, it wouldn't be guesswork. So down the line, what bigger issues are we going to run into when this is in place as social media continues to grow as uh, an absolute requirement in our lives. Like, I know we're already running into issues like, yeah, censorship and, and you know, unfair policing of accounts, but further down the line, what's the danger here? Yeah. Let's go there. <laughs> That's, tough. That's tough. I mean, um, you know, social media is, you know, barely a decade old. Yeah. Maybe 15 years. Um, there's nothing that says that social media, the way it exists now will continue to exist. It's, it's difficult to predict exactly, you know, how social media will evolve. They could make the right choice. They could start, you know, uh, uh, accommodating sex workers, defending, you know, people being able to post up, you know, erotic uh, mm -hmm. content um, and, you know, working with communities a little more than they have been. Um, it, it, it means that they would have to sort of uh, be responsible about uh, you know 
doing the right thing, which always is really tricky because being who responsible as per who, yeah. you know, but it, I think it's, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a, uh, uh, a perimeter or, uh, a, um, uh, a, an arena, uh, that, uh, it's in everyone's, uh, or, or sort of, uh, you know, the, the Western world or the industrialized world's best interest to defend, mm-hmm. uh, because if that erodes, then, you know, it's sort of, we're backtracking and it's just like, okay, well, can we wear a bikini? You know, it says who, and I, can I go swimming in a pool? Can I, can I take a picture of me, uh, swimming in the ocean? Mm-hmm. If I'm a topless beach and I can take pictures of myself at a topless beach, but then I can't post them on places like, I won't name the name, yeah. but like, okay, so how's that exactly? And so they, they want me to, uh, volunteer information about my personal life in order to publish a picture of myself that I've taken uh, that is uh, legally permissible. Like, it's just like, it's a slippery slope. You know, how do we address that? Um, we, you know, it's, it's calmly and, uh, you know, uh, using uh, decorum. Um, I, I don't think forcing them to make a decision one way or the other is uh, beneficial. I think it's more like, um, you know, it, we, we will have to adjust as, as things change over time. And, you know, uh, uh, I, I think engaging with the large, uh, larger uh, organizations, the, the players or the, uh, the decision makers um, is, uh, is, will always be a part of the process. I don't think we should ever um, sort of uh, get too comfortable with a company sort of having one chat with them and then being like, okay, we're done for the next 50 years. I mean, that's what sort of Larry Flint was uh, championed. You know, it's the late Larry Flint. Um, He, uh, you know, he really, he wanted to keep, uh, you know, the the freedom of, of being able to publish hardcore erotica uh, accessible. You know, that, that was my impression of him. Yeah. And I, I, I don't represent the Hustler Dwight brand, uh, but, you know, reading about his, uh, his legacy, that's the impression I had. Yeah. That, you, know, you want to uh, maintain or be able to encourage uh, companies, at whatever stipulation it is that they want, spell it out, okay? If I'm a porn star, what does it take for me to be on your platform as a porn star? Yeah, okay. that's all I'm asking for yeah. is I want those, I need to know. Yeah, so that like, so down the line, if somebody says, hey, my kid, 16-year-old kid or 12-year-old kid or whatever stumbled on your page, I want this page gone. You can say, well, this performer has abided by all of what we've asked him or her to do. Right. They have been transparent about what they intend to do. They are working, they're a professional, they work with our staff. They've set up uh, all of the things like this page is limited to 18 and over. Uh, you know, they don't post exceptionally, you know, uh, extreme pics if we, if that's what they don't want. But like the company has to be able to be like, we're putting our name to this. Mm-hmm. You know, they have to be able to do that. And there are a few that still do. But we have to like, those are the people that we want to invest in, in our time and our energy as performers and as business people, because those companies are making an effort to be responsible. And if we are responsible towards them, then the same, ideally, would come back in turn, right? Yeah. And if they, if they drop the ball on that, it, we can't, you know, it would be 
um, I think irresponsible of us to be like, oh, well, you know, look at these jerks, what they did. And so you have to come back to the table and say, okay, are you sure about that? Because, you know, this, as public figures or as people that engage with the public at large media, you know, this is going to be a part of the discussion going forward. And if that's what you want your company's history to reflect, yeah, yeah I want to make sure I get this wording down because no, a no answer is still an answer. Like if I send you an email and I describe everything out and it's clear English, clear as a bell, and you don't have the common courtesy to answer me, that's history. It's the idea of committing to it that I think is, you know, where large companies with large power are saying, let's, we're gonna, it, it, we're gonna just hesitate where we can to commit specifically because but, it'll, it'll limit them and that power. But that's still, you know, it's still uh, a non-answer is still an answer. I know, I know. That's, the thing. that's what they don't, I guess, maybe argue, arguably that they don't get is that, you know, you just choosing not to choose is still a choice. Yeah. You can't simply just be like, uh, I'm not involved in this. Right. Uh, I live on a different planet because, yeah. well, unfortunately, that, that's not quite, you know, and even if you did, that still is not an excuse. So, <clears throat> I mean, you know, like, Going forward, as future generations uh, are, are uh, you know, grow into the world, and you know, things like sex ed, you know, sex education, and uh, you know, things like uh, equality, and things like uh, I don't know. I mean, there's just so many things that are uh, it, it, we have fought for generations to uphold, and it's like a garden that you have to continue to sort of like nurture. Yeah. You know, you have to be able to sort of uh, address those things, but also you don't want to create sort of, you know, sort of uh, been there, done that content. You, you, you want to find ways to, to like bring something to the world that people will say, you know what, I've never seen that. I'm going to pay money that's for part of, That's the part of moving forward. You know, that's, that's the, the, the point to evolving. And that's the way you achieve evolution is to move it forward. And, and Julia, you're giving me the biggest, hardest, throbbiest intellectual erection right now. Thank you so very much. I feel like we have chapters of this to go through. We really do. And the time flies by. Julia, for people that are now jaws to the floor, obsessed with everything about you and what you've had to say today, where can we get in touch with you? Okay. So you can visit my website, juliaepiphany.ca, as in Canada. Um, I did have a website, uh, juliaepiphany.com, and that still exists, so you can, uh, it will redirect to my Canadian site, um, and uh, they can link to all of the websites that I have uh, listed uh, the, the icons of, so all the logos, so you can buy my videos and watch my live streams. I haven't been live streaming all that much recently for various reasons. Um, and you can also uh, call me uh, on the phone with different services. And again, I, I will refrain from naming them per se, but <laughs> uh, at the very bottom, uh, I have uh, all my links to all my social media. So fans can uh, follow me all over the internet and, uh, and hopefully, you know, you, you'll all get a chance to uh, get to know me or interact with me. And I would say for the most part, I'm, I'm pretty friendly. Uh, unless, you know, you're looking, uh, or the people that are looking for, uh, you know, free, free content, in which case, uh, sorry to say, uh, 
it's it's in cash money. <laughs> Good for you, baby. Good for you. Well, thank you so much for joining me today for this chat. And I hope all of you at home enjoyed this as well. Please get in touch with Julia. We're going to make sure all those links and all of those uh, connections that you need uh, will be listed here on this episode as well. Thank you so, so much once again. And everybody at home, hope you enjoyed this episode of Licked and Loaded. We'll see you next time. Here. Bye. <laughs> Bye, baby. This has been a CAM4 radio production. Come say hi at www.cam4radio.com. <laughs>